When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you, man. We got a ton to talk about from the weekend, from Husker baseball to Husker women's basketball. The uh, slap seen around the world, the most famous slap since Rick James and Charlie Murphy. My Lord. Uh, we'll talk about it once you're inputted as well. Numbers to dial up on this President's Day, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. All I have running through my head is I'm Rick James. Sorry. Well, speaking of Rick James. May he, may he rest in peace. We're off the air now. Now, now are we Okay. We're on the air. Okay, okay. But uh, the, the, my question, uh, while yeah. we're talking about Rick James... Three Mile Island meltdown in the hallways here. <laughs> I'll get to that in a second. Um, but I had a dream last night... Of Rick James. No, similar. I had a dream that I got a, I got a perm. Oh. And I had, so the, I had the curls going so you, up top. So you, right. And everyone loved it. And I'm trying to figure out today if that was a sign that I need to go get a perm. I, I think you should just keep focusing on the mustache. If you were to get a perm, you'd look like Baba Booey, Howard Stern's infamous producer. All right. In a good way? No, I just think if you Google Baba Booey pictures from the mid-80s, um, there it is. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. See? I did you a favor. I might still do it. Whatever, man. Uh, that's Elijah Herbal talking about fashion choices uh, for his hair. Uh, numbers to dial up, you have those. Can find and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore Radio, Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, email, as always, chris at halevarsity.com. So not a, not a good weekend off the court for the Husker women. On the court, there is rock steady as ever. We'll get some thoughts on, on that. We'll dive into Husker baseball one and three. Big time disappointment. You want to talk about build up? Yes, we did. And Sam Houston was ready. Uh, no panic, though, for Nebraska baseball, despite TCU looming. Coach Bolton Company will go back to work. Uh, you have no doubt about that. Jawan Howard, what a embarrassing display yesterday on CBS. Will he be fined? Probably. Will he be suspended? Probably. Will he be fired? Probably not. And I think the couple of factors with that as to why he won't be terminated and that's up to you do you think he should be fired for what he did I think yeah because you threw punches as a head coach 
in a college game with a crowd of people around you. Now he he slapped, he slapped an a an opposing assistant coach. He didn't get a player. There's your different. There's there's your technical difference between Woody Hayes and what do you like? Neck punch some dude from from Clemson in the '78 Gator Bowl. And this isn't new. We'll talk to Coach McBride about this in an hour. Charlie's with us at, at 5.05. Steve Morick with Hale Varsity covers the Husker women uh, basketball and, of course, Husker baseball. And then Greg Henson will be with us, uh, former co-worker and, and Michigan insider, uh, knows the Mason Blue real well. I want to get his take on on Howard and Michigan from, from the Michigan perspective. But you've had instances where there's been jawing, cursing, maybe a bump, but nothing like this. And you've seen it in football way more than basketball. And listen, how many times have we heard uh, Huskers from the 90s on, on the basketball court talk about the disdain for, for Norm Stewart and Danny Nee? It was real and it was awesome, all right, just because – Danny did well, and as a Nebraska fan growing up, that was great to see. But I remember uh, 100 years ago with Bo, MF, and uh, Grandpa Bill Snyder at, at midfield in 03. I remember Carl versus the cameraman down at A&M, right? Uh, Bruce Snyder was the Arizona State head coach when they upset Nebraska in 96. In 95, that was the week following the Lawrence Phillips stuff, uh, Nebraska annihilated, uh, I think, uh, uh, an Arizona State team that was pretty good but a year away from going 11-1. and one. But Nebraska won that thing 77-28, to 28, okay? And Nebraska opened a big old can. Clinton Childs, first play of the game, goes 70 yards, and it was on. Nebraska took out their frustration with the Lawrence Phillips stuff, on Arizona State to the point where it might have been the Terminator, Matt Terman, who threw a touchdown pass to the 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 down under slot wideout Brett Popowell, who did a backflip, I believe, either that or Lance Brown, one of the two, caught a a meaningless fourth quarter touchdown to break the seventy point barrier, and then at, at, at midfield. You had Bruce Snyder bitching and moaning that why why'd you throw it in the fourth quarter? Well, Bruce, because our guys were tired of running all day on you, but that was kept in the back pocket, no doubt used as some motivation. And quite honestly, you look at Jawan Howard; it, it's a situation of respect, right? Either he's insecure. Or the people around him are insecure because he ain't John Beeline, despite being a great with the Fab Five. Jawan's been an assistant, and he coached, and Michigan's not what they were a year ago, but he had him playing great ball last season. So it's more of a Jawan issue, and for him to lose his cool is a horrible Example. Yeah, just it's 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 embarrassing. I think that's how you lead it off. It's embarrassing for Jawan, but it's not the most embarrassing thing in sports this weekend. That belongs to the NBA dunk contest. Yeah, that I I didn't watch. I saw enough on social media where, where Chuck and and Shaq wanted to to leave. They wanted to fake COVID or something and just get the hell out of there because See, that was a joke. Yeah, uh, was it 
Some dude put Bill, in a, Bill Russell left early. Of course he did. Bill Russell like left. Like there's a video of him walking out the arena in the middle of someone's dunk. <laughs> He's shaking his head. He's like, what the hell's going on? Guys putting their their phones around their neck to live stream and tweet out. I mean, yeah, you, you've you've swung too far on the pendulum of of self brand branding. We'll talk some spring football to Husker basketball real quick. Um. Uh, just just all, all around not good enough for Nebraska baseball. And they were too anxious at the plate. When you look at the fact they were only, I think they had 19 hits in four games. Not a great average there. Uh, they were not able to produce enough runs clearly to help support their pitching staff. But the, the strikeout-to-walk ratio, getting on base, has been something this program's done pretty well because it's been a necessity, right? It's always important and needed to get on base. But with, with more of the power they have, Nebraska's approach this year is to be more extra base hit-oriented. Well, 43 strikeouts compared to 10 walks, that's not a good ratio. Sunday, a chance to salvage. And it couldn't happen with 12 strikeouts to just one walk. Now, defensively, you commit seven errors. That leads to eight unearned runs. On top of the fact your starting rotation was just not good enough. 17 runs, 17 hits, only 10 and a third innings in total by your starting pitching through four games. So back to the drawing board. Reassess your rotation. You hope Buns is going to be okay. I don't know about that. Because he's a, he's a force in the bullpen, uh, a guy that's got some experience. And these are new moments. Not making excuses. I'm telling you what reality is. These are new moments for these guys that, that are now, they have to be the guy on the hill. And while they've maybe done it in spot duty, this is what you're going to have to be in 2022 for Nebraska baseball. Can you rise to the occasion, rise to the challenge, and, and deliver and throw strikes and not hit batters and not walk people and not just give up free passes. That's murder on on your team. And it's, it's tough defensively because guys are earning free passes and then there's extra stress defensively. You got a new uh, newcomer at second base that had some, some tough times there and, and they'll re- reassess and regroup. But it doesn't get any easier. I think Will Bolt, though, is is just a really smart scheduler. Nebraska could have found somebody easier and weaker to open up with than Sam Houston. You have connections into the program with Sam Houston's coaching staff, head man for sure, teammate of Will's. And it would have been real easy to start off with some cupcakes. And I know Sam Houston's not knocking on Omaha's door, but from a familiarity standpoint, there's kind of knowing your enemy. Well, Sam Houston's kids and for sure coaching staff knew Will and what this team was about. So not the easiest. And then you jump right into TCU uh, with uh, a one and three start. But that's okay. The the talking, it's not okay, but it, it, it's not the end of the world, I guess is the better way to put it. Nebraska will be a much better baseball team uh, at the end of the season versus the beginning of the season. That's always been a constant. 
And I think that's one thing that you can bet your money on with Will Bolt. His teams will get better. They'll figure it out, Elijah, on the mound. And they'll figure out the right approach with batting order and for sure just getting getting contact, not, not windmailing. At, at the dish and, and helping out the opposing pitching staff. Yeah, and that was the, the main problem. I mean, you can talk about the pitching all you want, but realistically, Nebraska had a, had allowed a, enough runs that their offense could have put them in a chance to win all those games still. I mean, there, there was nothing where there was a, oh, I, oh, I can't expect Nebraska to put up six runs. Like, it's, it's a college baseball game. I think you should expect six run offense, innings happen. Yeah, you, you should expect your offense can put up at least four runs a game. So the offense was the bigger problem to me than the pitching. The pitching didn't have the best weekend, obviously. Um, but I think they at least gave the offense a chance to go out and compete. And it, it was the offense with uh, impatient at-bats mm-hmm. um, trying to swing for the fences a little bit too much. It, it just didn't look like the guys were uh, ready to go up in, in battle like experienced hitters do. And that was the difference between last year's team and, and the offense in this year's. A lot of young guys. It just looked like guys trying to do too much on opening weekend, trying to make a highlight. Totally agree with you. I don't know that they were trying to get on Sports Center, a la the uh, the home run ball at Buck Belzer that went through the window on a Friday night. But I think you're they were absolutely pressing pressing and too too anxious to to hit one out. Husker basketball. The women do their job yesterday afternoon, ninety three to seventy over Minnesota. The story though this weekend was the uh, absence and suspension of of Chuck Love on the bench. That came down Saturday from Nebraska. Ashley Scroggin removed from the basketball team as well. And the basketball team has been a great story. They have been your your winter bright spot, waiting for baseball, post-volleyball. As a Nebraska fan, you've uh, endured football season, and you've gone beyond enduring you have suffered with men's basketball the husker women are for real they play together they're versatile they're tough they're gritty they're smart they play for one another and this story uh, is not done yet they have phenomenal on-court performance they've risen to the occasion to get some monster home court wins they are very much alive for a nice seed in the NCAA tournament, sitting at 20 wins. 22 is the number to get them in. The last thing I think I saw yesterday was a projected seven seed, just right behind Iowa. And now you have the, the mental toughness that you've shown on court needs to transition into a brick wall off court. Because who knows what the timeline is going to be for an announcement on Chuck Love's future other than suspended with pay where we currently sit. Uh, What's going to happen with Ashley Scroggin and her dismissal? Now, she's not been abandoned by the university. She's still on scholarship. She can still graduate. And we don't know it was necessarily a dismissal. That, that's it, it could have been her stepping away of her own accord. All we really know is she's not on the team anymore. Better but, way to put it. Yeah. Thank you. And are these two related? Is this removal of Scroggin and Chuck Love connected? That's the question, and it's turned into off-court drama. And uh, we'll see how it plays out. You had Coach Amy Williams 
not really able to get into much because it is a personal personnel matter with with Chuck Love, and you'll see where the team goes from here. I don't think they'll cave. I don't think they're they will fold. I don't think they'll scuffle, but it's going to be the center of attention, and this is something that a lot of rumors and speculation are, are flying out there. There's nothing really concrete to comment on on my end. I have done my phone calls and texting, and I have a pretty good idea. But uh, it's just an idea. It's not fact with what is going on. We know this. Scroggin not on the team anymore. And Chuck Love on a paid suspension. That's where we're at with it. Can Nebraska withstand both of those losses on court when you look at three-point shooting from Ashley and you look at what Chuck does in assistant and then just the, the mental issue with the distraction side. More on this and the weekend that was. Steve Morick coming up with Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back in, it's Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A busy weekend for Steve Morick. He's got the radar up for some spring football a week from today. Does a great job covering Husker women's basketball and Nebraska baseball. Steve, we'll start there. Scale of 1 to 10, level of shock that Nebraska came home from Texas 1 and 3. Um, First of all, Chris, thanks for having me on. And um, that's a good question. I'd have to go with with a 3, right? Like, a, or, or I guess level of 1 to 10 shock. Let's go with a 7. A 7, mm-hmm. a seven uh, now that I'm thinking about it correctly. I just, I, I expected them to get more more than one win um, out of Sam Houston for sure. Um, Sam Houston, they're they're a really good program. Nothing to turn your nose at, but yeah, just the lo- the level of hype coming in, just from what uh, Will Bolt had talked about um, prior to the season about how good he felt about the pitching staff, how 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 deep it was, and 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 what this kind of offense was going to look like this season with maybe some more power and less small ball. Yeah, pretty pretty shocking. I put that as uh, maybe maybe a seven that they only came out of there with one win. It's an early season, but you have TCU nationally ranked TCU looming. Long Beach State is also on the horizon, and, and Will Bolt said it best: "We got to get better now." Did so in his post game, and you know you look, and it just was a, a tough weekend all around. Uh, first and foremost, when we talk pitching. It's real easy to to want to plug and play, but uh, the reality is you just can't do it uh, based on what you lost and 17 runs, 17 hits, and 10 and a third innings for the Nebraska starting pitching. Things were compounded by 
errors in the field, and then the offense uh, just not good. I mean, eight unearned runs back to the defense, but 43 strikeouts and just 10 walks. That's that's just a tough ratio. I know you want to go more power, so it's risk-reward, but power can also mean extra base hits contact, right? And I don't know. I just thought they'd be a little bit better, specifically defensively with the work they had in the in the outdoors portion of, of leading up to, to the season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're exactly right. It's a 56, I think it's 56 game regular season schedule. So there's plenty of time to, to fix some things, but yeah, when you have, um, when you come out of that four game series with more strikeouts than hits, that's, that's pretty bad. And I, I just don't think anybody really expected it to be that poor of a showing um, down there in Texas. But uh, yeah, the, the starting pitching was really really rough for the for the most part with Kyle Perry I, I you know I, I I think we all think Kyle Perry is a better pitcher than what he showed mm-hmm. um, so so is Shea Shannon and they'll, and they'll have a lot of a lot of time to work work out some kinks and you know the relief pitching I thought for the most part did okay if they, if they could just get a, a good start with those starters things things could be different but yeah you're absolutely right with the the errors too just you know uncharacteristic from some of those guys as well and I know they they started a, a freshman from Canada in, in Jackson Court second. He had kind of a, a rough first two games there, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting um, to see with with these uh, the, with this next series, especially with uh, TCU, a top twenty-five TCU uh, club over there. So it's yeah, a lot of game, a lot of game, a lot of season left left to be played, and and I think that. You know they're they're going to obviously get better with, with as the season goes on, but yeah, rough rough first uh, uh, series for old, old Bolton boys. You know Bolton, the crew aren't going to allow these guys to panic through through just four games, but do they analyze and then shift the approach a little bit this soon? Do they? And, and to me, I mean, it was kind of a. Uh, trial, I guess, is the best way to put it. Let's let's put some guys out there on the mound and see how they perform, and then reassess. I mean, do you think they'll look at it that way this week going into TCU? Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point to make. I think this is a this is an early season lineup, and I think things could definitely be uh, shaken up and moved around. And you know, just once once guys get some more innings under their belt, I think there's definitely definitely a uh, an option options to kind of rework and, and maybe try some relief arms over there, you know, just try to, I guess, fix some things and, and try to get a better kind of just outing just in the starting pitching rotation. And Steve, I don't think there's any long-term uh, worry based off of, uh, of one weekend. I mean, it happens. Sometimes teams get you uh, getting a, a, a series to get into the season a little bit. Uh, we'll see how this team looks, say, two weeks from now. But we do have one area of long-term concern. That's, that's pitcher Jake Buns. He came in to close the game, second game of the doubleheader on Saturday. Only threw a couple of pitches before leaving, holding his elbow. Do we have any update on him, or do we know when there will be an update on, on his injury status? I do not. We are scheduled to talk with uh, Will Bolt um, on on Wednesday, this Wednesday. Yeah. So I assume that he's going to have a update on funds uh, right then. But, man, that's just a tough, tough situation. When I was listening to the radio call of that game, just to hear it go down, it's just disappointment altogether. Just knowing, after knowing what he's been through with his previous injury history, it's just a, a tough, tough stretch, uh, tough stretch for uh, Jake. So it's, yeah, it's it's one one less arm to to kind of work with 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 the rotation and, and the 
and the kind of closing spot that there, that Will Bolt is kind of finding himself searching for somebody with that uh, closing mentality. So um, yeah, I, I assume that we're going to get a more of a clear picture on Wednesday with Coach Bolt. You know, one bright spot, at least early on, Luke Jensen, uh, 7 for 11, uh, really did well at the plate. That was a, a nice kind of debut for him. Uh, what what do you know about Luke a little bit and, you know, his uh, his offensive prowess specifically moving forward? Yeah, yeah, freshman from Elkhorn South. Uh, Luke, Luke really, like you said, 7-11 out of plate. He had a really, really good outing just from an overall poor performance out of plate from really a lot of other uh, people that you kind of expected more out of. I thought Kobe Gomez did pretty well at the plate as well, a 6-14, I think, with – uh, three doubles and three RBIs in that series. So, uh, yeah, with Luke, I think he just kind of offers. I didn't really expect it, I guess, um, that 7-11 performance at the plate with Luke. Uh, you know, it's kind of tough to know how, how these freshmen kind of come in and, and translate to, to Division One baseball right away from the high school ranks. But, you know, Luke, after one series, definitely showed that, you know, he's working with, with some good stuff there. Let's switch gears, talk Husker basketball, the women able to uh, to put a great performance together yesterday at 20th win uh, and an ability to, to win by double digits uh, pretty much blowing out the gophers they head to the road Tuesday against Wisconsin uh, this team uh, has been a great story all year and it's always been about their on-court performance their big wins you think of Michigan you think of the Indiana win they're right in the thick of attorney push and, uh, you know, they, they should be in, but a couple more probably makes it official, unofficially. Now, the, uh, the, the news this weekend that was dominant, though, wasn't what happened Sunday, but more so the news and the statement from Saturday, suspension for associate head coach Chuck Love, removal of Ashley Scroggin from the roster. What was the, the mood yesterday? What was the, the energy, I guess, is the better way to put it, yesterday during the game and then post-game with Coach Williams, how did you kind of process all of what was going on through uh, through her sit-down post-game? Yeah, with everything that that kind of went down on Saturday, I was really kind of wondering how the team would respond with, with all of that, you know, kind of off-the-court distraction um, uh, when they had to play a, a winnable game, I guess, against, against Minnesota, and they came out and did not show – at least to me, any really signs of distraction at all. I mean, Allison Winder came in for um, and started in place of Ashley Scoggin and did extremely well. She had a career high 23 points and very efficient on the on the night. I think she was eight of ten and didn't have a turnover. So, I mean, she's going to start getting more minutes. And yeah, just that the, the day was the day was a pretty good one actually because the uh, PBA was absolutely packed. There was over 650,000 uh, or 6,500 people there and. Um, it was a really, really well, um, well-received game. It was loud. The crowd was into it. A lot of people there. Um, then after the game, yeah, Amy, Amy said what she said, and she couldn't really comment on a whole lot, but just said that the team was, you know, really leaning on each other. And I, I think it kind of brought brought the team together even more, and and maybe just the bring bring in the fact that. You know they still have a lot of goals in front of them, and and they're going to come come together now and and try to just look forward and not back. And that's pretty much what the post game uh, consisted of. 
Steve Marks with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine covers Husker baseball for Hale Varsity. The Nebraska women's basketball program will get to some spring football in a moment. Steve, as you've covered this team this year, give me some of the core leaders on that team, some of the, the players that, that can help weather whatever this storm ends up being. Well, I thought it was pretty notable that when um, head coach Amy Williams went up uh, to the post-game press conference table, she was right on her left and right. There was Sam Hybe and Izzy Bourne, and I think those two are a couple of veteran leaders who have been here and done that at Nebraska, and they're two tough-minded players. And, you know, Sam, I I think Sam Sam would tell you that she needs to shoot the ball better and have better uh, percentages from before, but when it's in the fourth quarter, I kind of feel good with her. Um, having the ball in her hands, that she's a she's a really tough guard. And Izzy Bourne, the last five or six games, she has been shooting it pretty well. I think it's last five games she has at least one one late three pointer, and that's a that's a six foot two forward stretching the floor um, free on offense. Um, and yeah, it's just I think those two are really gonna. It's good to have those two on the team and and you know kind of know what it what it means to be a Husker, and I guess just kind of take this adversity and and run with it, and I think, yeah, it's just Sam Hybe and Izzy Bourne would be those two players. Steve, I, I want to go back to, to the two departures, and A, what what impact will that have on Nebraska not having Chuck on the bench? B, what impact will that have without Scroggin uh, launching from three? I mean, let's, let's talk about the void on the court. Like we talked about with, let's just uh, stick with, uh, Chuck, first, I know he did a lot of work with the post, the post development, and you know I, I know Amy Williams is a great coach. She saw the, a great staff left on that bench, and you know I, I think it, it hurts obviously, but I think they still have strong coaching left there on the bench. And you know, as for the loss of Scoggin, she's a 40% um, three-point shooter in in conference, which was the best by far. I know Alexis Markowski has been shooting it pretty well from out there, but recently it's, I think she's won one of her last 10. Um, but yeah, the loss of Scoggin hurts with the perimeter shooting. And it's one thing um, to see, you know, with Allison Widener stepping in. Um, I know she was three of three from, from three uh, yesterday against um, Minnesota. So we'll see if that uh, kind of keeps it up. She had talked about earlier in the season, how her three point shot was uh, kind of a, a work in progress, I guess you would say. And then, um, yeah, it's just other 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 areas of the game with with Scoggin. She was primarily a, a big ball handler, but yeah, the loss of that three point shooting is really going to hurt. But I think there are some there are some people that are going to have have to step up, and that's exactly what Amy Williams said uh, following the Minnesota game. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Steve Marks with us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. 
Spring football a week from today, uh, it gets rocking. Uh, just imperative spring for Nebraska to get a lot of work done and opportunity, specifically on the offensive line with some guys that are going to be out, so a chance for some guys to entrench themselves at a tackle spot or, heck, maybe even two, uh, depending on, on how big Teddy comes back with his injury. Uh, the the interior is going to be different, potentially, uh, with no more Jurgens there. And, of course, a, a new uh, player behind center at, at quarterback, potentially, uh, when you look at, at the quarterback room. So, you know, offensive line's kind of been our focus. I know you've been dialed into it. What what do you believe or what, what are some, some prognostications, I guess, with the spring on that O-line? Who are some guys you think can make a move or or kind of enhance their, their their playing time here with with a good showing in spring? Yeah, the spring is going to be interesting for the offensive line just because, like you said, the injuries that we already know of two players that will not be participating in Teddy Prohaska and then uh, Turner Corcoran. Those are two uh, probable starters that you'd like to think would – uh, start next season but yeah with those two out that opens the door for other people um at the at a tackle position and maybe look at um i, I know hunter anthony is going to get get a good luck also throw in um henry latusky at one of the guards i think he's a he, he's a guy that kind of spent last year as a developmental year um highly touted guy coming out coming out of high school a big dude at six six three thirty. i think henry latusky is going to um, have, have a lot of options, I guess, and a lot of momentum coming into the season as as kind of the new guy on the block that's gonna, you know, kind of earn, try to earn some earn some viable reps this spring at guard maybe, and then also can't forget about Ethan Piper and um, Trent Hickson. Those two have um, they've had they've had starting experience and then kind of lost that starting experience in their careers. But you know, it's a it's a new year. Everybody's got a clean slate. Donovan Riola has some fresh eyes on everybody, and I think Ethan Piper and maybe just not count out Ethan Piper and uh, Trent Hickson yet as a couple of guys who could come in and you know, like I said, with past they have past experience and uh, maybe they could come in and, and and get some good reps and and learn something um, and and keep working hard under a new a new coach in Donovan Riola. Well, that center spot, right? You look at Hickson, you look at Piper, two names to think about for the center spot. Uh, of course, uh, I'm interested to see Ben Hart, his bounce back. He's played a lot of football, high-profile recruit, has a lot of the, 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 the tools. I mean, when you look at the measurables, I mean, there's all sorts of skill set with him. I feel like with, with both the tackles, uh, it's it's not ability for them. They've just got to get more refined. They, they've all played at a young age, and a lot of it's got to be confidence. I mean, that's that's such a key part. Got to build the confidence, and you do that through through doing. Uh, and I mean, they they faced a slew of NFL dudes off the edge every Saturday. It felt like between I mean, every week it was some guy that you're seeing on a Kuiper or McShay draft board. Uh, from for edge rusher, so no, I think the confidence is is key. And from a philosophy, we've heard downhill for several years, but I think under Riola, maybe it does get downhill with the run game. Yeah, absolutely. And I, 
it's it's kind of it's kind of a mystery of what his uh, teaching style and, and coaching style is, just because he hasn't talked about it much. But that's just kind of his personality and how he goes about it. And you're absolutely right. With uh, I totally forgot to, to mention uh, uh, Bryce Benhart at tackle. He's yeah, he, he was kind of thrown into the fire as a young guy, just like Turner Corcoran was, and especially in the Big Ten, it's. There's not a lot of uh, people who can who can play that position, be an offensive lineman in the Big Ten successfully when you're just kind of thrown into it in your first and second year um, of, of college. It's just a, a man's game in the trenches down there in the Big Ten, and and the older guys usually are the ones that are, are that are good at it. But uh, Ben Hart and Corcoran are kind of thrown in there and and kind of live with the live with the mistakes that they've made. And there's been a lot of mistakes, especially last year, but. Uh, yeah, with a, a new coach in Donovan coming in, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, just you know who he sticks where, and and I guess you know with with the two two injuries that we talked about with uh, Turner Corcoran uh, and uh, Tony Prochaska going out, it's just going to be interesting to see who goes where and and throw in the Northern Colorado transfer uh, Kevin Williams Jr. as well. Steve, have a good week. We'll get caught up soon. Thanks for the time. All right. Well, thank you, Chris. Steve Mollick, HailVarsity.com and Magazine all over this weekend. And good insight for him on spring football. Sam Sledge, another commit for Nebraska. Offensive lineman out of Creighton Prep 2023. And pretty cool story here. Good write-up by Greg Smith, a recruiting insider from Hale Varsity. We'll run down Greg this week. But uh, Nebraska offered Sledge in January after junior day and it went down after Riola saw Sledge do a couple of drills and immediately Riola turned to Sledge and his family and says let's go to my office <laughs> and that's when the offer came and, and Sledge didn't waste or, or wait too long about picking Nebraska and the, the really cool thing here about Sam Sledge is just a little bit of a throwback mentality, a really talented ball player at prep, obviously guard or center is his projection in Lincoln, but he's a bit of a trio right now with more names to go after for 2023 and 2024 for uh, local area talent, specifically you have Malachi Coleman, obviously, that's out there, Maverick Noonan, a uh, really talented ball player as well, but in the boat right now is... Uh, Bachner, uh, Brahmer, excuse me, uh, Brahmer, the tight end, uh, Gatula from Southeast, and of course Sledge now. So two linemen and tight end, Elijah for Nebraska. Bob Sledge, of course, all Big 8 performer in the 80s. We'll talk to Coach McBride about about Papa Sledge, but uh, aptly named for um, for an offensive lineman, but really, uh, really good mentality and prep, one of those power programs, obviously, in the Metro historically and, and lately. So uh, just kind of that fit of, of physical dominance on the offensive line. We'll get into some old line thoughts, too, with Charlie here in about 20 minutes. Yeah, and what immediately just jumps off the tape at you with, with Sam Sledge is, first things first, incredibly fleet of foot for his size. I think he comes in about 6'5", 280, and uh, really, really quick feet 
uh, for someone of that size gets moving, uh, especially pulling around, plays guard and tackle. Um, but the other thing that really stands out, he's got a knack for finishing blocks. Some linemen have it, some don't. He clearly has it. Uh, if he's going up against anybody and they start moving backwards, they're going to end up flat on their back. Uh, and that just means you as a lineman have a mean streak combined with the fact you got some fleet feet. Um, I, I like what I see from him. Good combo. Where Where would you rank your anger level? Were you an angry alignment, or were you just uh, a gentle giant? I was a get under the other skins guy type of type of lineman. So you really just wanted to? I, I was an antagonizer. I wasn't a mean street guy, but I was I was an antagonizing. Officer. So you'd hit him just right as the whistle was echoing. Yes, you were that guy. I was that guy. Um, if they end up on the ground, you push yourself up off of them instead of off the ground. Right. Just one of this. The little thing. You roll off of them. Yeah. <laughs> I just like getting other guys' skins. The uh, the old uh, husky-sized Elijah. I uh, loved it. Uh, we'll wind down hour one next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, 10 minutes away, Mr. Blackshirt Charlie McBride will get Coach McBride's take on when and if there was any hijinks at midfield after a beatdown. During his career interested in that i hope he got some of our nearly 70 degree weather yesterday it was repeated quite a bit yesterday but it's still hilarious uh when it comes to Jawan howard and uh the the punch or the slap and this was the first person to to tweet it out so i will give credit to to uh, premium content on Twitter. If Jawan Howard was going to punch anyone over a timeout, it should have been Chris Weber. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's so good. I you, I, I and was, it's still not too soon 30 years later. I was uh, I was sitting in the, the KO4 studio watching the end of that game. Uh, I guess that would have been the, the newsroom. Sitting over in the newsroom doing some Sunday morning glad news. Glad you were working. Sunday afternoon news, I guess. Came in a little late. It's a, it a long Saturday night. But anyway, I'm sitting in there watching the end of that game, working, quote-unquote. And that was like the most wild thing because I, I was like going to check and see what the final score was. And I turn around and it's the handshake line is just starting. And like you see him yelling at each other, go, oh, that's getting interesting. So I was actually, I felt like I was actually, uh, for being a guy who misses a lot of the, the top college basketball games, mm-hmm. I, like, I feel like I saw the moment of the season. Well, let, let's hope that's not it. But, I mean, you have footage last year where Michigan rolled Wisconsin by 12, and they're hugging. They're fist pounding. So clearly that was probably the best shot for Michigan to move off the last four in or 11 seed line as they were just Saturday afternoon ahead of the Kentucky game. CBS did their their pre-mock selection show and in Michigan's right there edging out Rutgers in Iowa. And the reason Michigan wasn't in a play-in is because they won Thursday at Iowa. But then they go get manhandled by, by a good Wisconsin team. I think Wisconsin's either a three or a four seed. So I think he was ticked at the frustration. They got They got worked. He called a timeout, by the way, with 55 seconds remaining. Howard called a timeout with 55 seconds remaining, and they're down 18. And when, when guard called the timeout, it's because they're about to get a five-second inbounds and, oh, call and, and with way, all your backups out there. Well, Howard's still pressing. Yeah. He's still pressing. He's pressing backups with his starters. 
And if you're going to do that, I think you, you take it. I, I agree with, uh, with, with guard where you, you're taking that as a learning opportunity for your guys. Yes, no, absolutely. You, well, you couldn't get the inbounds pass in, so you're going to quickly take 30 seconds to go talk with the guys, say, this is what happened, this is how we beat it. You take it as a learning opportunity. Those guys are going to be your starters. That's what it was, and that's how Wisconsin built, absolutely. We'll have uh, comments here. Adam Rittenberg reporting a statement should be out from the Big Ten here shortly. I didn't know the Big Ten was working on a federal holiday, but there needs to be some resolution here. Reminder about buckling up game preparation and repetition predicts success and winning. Drivers and vehicle passengers who always use their seatbelt will increase their survival chances if a crash should happen. Remember, always buckle up a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Just through hour one, and uh, Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt with us to kick off hour two. Michigan insider Greg Hansen, great column and his take on Howard. That's on the way at 520 with Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR to hail varsity radio the voice of Husker Nation insight opinion expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state join the show on Twitter at hail varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio call in at 402 466 ESPN or 1-800-825-5865 here's Chris Schmitz Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Great to be with you on a Monday. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie on Hale Varsity. Coach, it is President's Day. Who's your all-time favorite president? <laughs> really? <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you, you know, it's kind of funny because uh, – um, I guess I shouldn't. My favorite one is probably one that I kind of knew the most of when I was a young person, and that's Truman. Okay. So, and he's, um, he was born on May 8th, and um, that's the same day as my brother. Okay. (laughs) One of my brothers. So, so that's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of something we kid him with every day. We, We always call him up and, and and talk to him as um, this is President Truman's birthday, and we want to wish you a happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that's pr- that's pretty good. So Truman's good. Charlie, have you ever gotten the chance though to to swing over to Kansas City and see the uh, the Harry Truman Presidential Library? Yes, it's a, it's a good museum. I've been there twice now. Yeah, I I've been, I think I've been there. It's been a while. Uh, I, I've been there uh, once for. a um, almost a three quarters of a day. I remember we stayed long. It was a read about everything on the wall, and the other one was a short day. I went with 
some people and just went in and looked around real quick, and that was it. But it's a great place. So you've gotten to meet three presidents, correct? Well, you've you've been to the White House three times for national championships, right? Well, I think one time we didn't go in 95. Um, there was something, I don't know, we didn't because we were there the year before or something, so they gave us some excuse, and I'm not too sure we went then. Okay, so so you went you went in ninety four and then in ninety seven, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, how was the lunch? Good. Oh, it was. I don't know, but I said somebody said it was in line. One of the one of the players that they were talking to uh, the president, and he said, uh, who, "I can't remember which one." He said, "You don't happen to have a six pack, do you?" <laughs> 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 so did, did one time, okay, of course, in '97 we went when we was both both teams were there, Michigan and us were there. So it was a it was a big, you know, pretty lot of lot of people there and everything. But it was a good mixture of people. I mean, it was it was a good, it was a fun time. Well, why didn't you guys just play for the title, the the outright title on the White House lawn? Oh, <laughs> uh, we probably. <laughs> We probably could have, but I don't know. You know, there wasn't much talk about that kind of thing. You know, there wasn't, uh, you know, it was pretty cordial with everybody. And, and I knew a lot of the coaches, so it, they probably, you know, knew better. They, mm-hmm. no, nobody gave anybody any gas, <laughs> or any gas on the fire, you know. <laughs> Charlie McBride's but with us. Know, Go ahead. When you're, when you're in Michigan, they won. So <laughs> I, I just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's transition to Michigan. Did you see the post game handshake between uh, Jawan Howard and Greg Guard basketball? I did. I did not. I did not you, see that. You've but heard I about heard it. Little, yeah. I heard. I heard Jawan had slapped him or something. I guess. Yeah, he reached but, reached over and it was kind of an open. Handed swipe punch, really, at an assistant, and we're kind of waiting on word here with uh, with what the Big Ten's <laughs> deciding. I know you knew Coach Hayes pretty well, correct, Woody Hayes? Oh yeah, yeah. Woody Woody's swan song he was lost. what happened against Clemson with that punch, right? Well, he lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's kind of funny because after, I guess it was a couple of years, a year or so after that was over, and he, he still was around the university a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, at that point on, the thing was over with as far as, you know, the, the people of the university were just blew it off. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't really, but it was not ever talked about, <clears throat> you know, other than, you know, party talk, maybe, but that was over mm-hmm. with and everything like that. So <clears throat> there wasn't a whole, whole big blow up, and uh, you know, he 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 went out gracefully. Charlie McBride's with his coach. Want to get your thoughts? Were there any post game moments that were tense, or I don't want to say rude, but were were, were just tough to, to to deal with where you're meeting at midfield maybe you guys crushed somebody and they couldn't take it anything anything jog your memory 
No, we never had any of that kind of stuff. I know, you know, Notre Dame was famous for it, you know, and, um, you know, it seemed like, of course, Notre Dame and Miami were professionals. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they could have had about 50 fights and, you know, paid a a lot for each one of them, but... Mm -hmm. You know, we never had anything like that. I think that what post-game thing I did have was probably my last game when I <clears throat> retired. It was supposed to be a QT deal, you know, quiet. And, um, I, and Mike Brown went down and said something to about they were happy that we won because it was Coach McBride's last game, and everybody goes, what? Mm-hmm. Well, what happened was everybody had um, – Apparently, all of, all the press had left, and um, so finally, they somebody came up and got me to go down there. And there was one one station. I don't know who, which who it was, or you know, somebody in Omaha was still there, and so they picked up a little bit. You know, picked up on it a little bit. And I mean, I talked about it, and <clears throat> I never did have an official retirement other than that. You know, when I left. So, uh, you know, it was in the paper, of course, after that. And But in reality, the university didn't. It was kind of funny. I don't know what there was. They didn't accept anything until the next year, until the 19th of January. Hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I think well, part of it was so that they could. Um, I, I don't know whether it was worked out with Tom or whatever it was so that they actually uh, paid me for the rest for the you know all the way up to the, the end of that fiscal year, hmm. so it was kind of a good deal for me. I mean, but uh, that that was that was about it. A- afterwards, <clears throat> you know, I uh, I've had some disappointing things. I we we played. Um, I think it was the Miami game. It was the it was the '94 national championship game, and I was in the locker room before the game. And one of our managers came up and said, "One of the officials wants to talk to you." Mm. And uh, <clears throat> that probably isn't a great thing to talk about. But I went out there thinking, "Oh man, what did I do now?" You know. <laughs> and he was he was a guy from up in Michigan. And uh, one of my really good friends who I coached with at Wisconsin, who actually played at Michigan, uh, Stan Kemp, uh, at ALS, he wanted me to know and, and said that he said for him that say he was telling me uh, good, you know, good wishes from him. Sure, and sure. that he, he was, it wasn't long before. I think he passed in about three days after that. Mm-hmm. But you know, so it, what? It didn't make for an exciting beginning. Of course, we forgot about it quick until after the game. But you know, that that was something that you know that that came up. Other other than that, you know, after the game, I think the thing you know that I enjoyed the most probably about coaching was just being around the players and seeing how happy they were when we won games like that. And it was every game, you know, when you when you played well and you you know you won, it was it was a you know a great feeling and to, to see them happy for all the work that they put in, you know, and and realize what it meant to them. Charlie McBride's with us, Alvar City Radio, <clears throat> a Monday with Charlie. Coach, spring football gets underway uh, a week from today. A lot to do, a lot to do. New faces, new terminology. And you got a 
kind of reload on the defensive side. So many of the on. And it's going to be a bit of a new-look defense. Some familiar names that are going to be back, but bigger potential roles for some guys. And, and my big question is this. How does – what does Nebraska need to get done this spring? And you're in your – uh, expertise what 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 can they get done and what has to get done so it's sir and then fall and you're off and running yeah well the thing i think both actually on both sides of the ball they're going to have some changes in terminology on both sides i think they're going to probably do some new things on defense um, and they may play a little more even front than they have played in the past and that may loosen up some of those outside guys to really put a little more pressure on the quarterback than they've had. <clears throat> Maybe a little bit similar to what we did, but I'm sure it's going to be something else. I don't know if it's going to be a 4-3, but it's, I think they'll do some of those things. And, I, <clears throat> you know, in my mind, I think that, you know, they need to get a pressure package and don't be too conservative and, you know, put the hurt on them once in a while. And, you know, and offensively, again, it's going to be finding who's who's where and what. And that's the hard thing. And that, you know, of course, having, being in the portal situation, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a hard thing because, you you know, here you have, at least on the offensive line, you have a guy, where are you going to play him? you got to figure that out in a few days and maybe you're guessing wrong and you know in the middle of the year say we should have played them here or move them over there and then you got another you know learning session and those are the things that are hard if you can place the guys <clears throat> excuse me where they're really going to be that, that then that helps but i think um you know the and the terminology will be a little bit different but i assume and and there'll be a lot of young guys that it won't be so hard on because they're they'll be really learning for the first time, mm-hmm. and the same thing defensively, you know, especially in the secondary. Coach, I want to ask you about a uh, a topic we explored last week, and with Nebraska, uh, really with a young secondary, a lot of new guys going to have to step up in that secondary room this year. Do you think that Nebraska will be behind the eight ball if they don't have some sort of pass rusher step up uh, from that front four? Uh, I mean, we saw last season Nebraska try to develop pressure with uh, with scheme and with packages, but do they do they need one of those guys to step up and, and get after the quarterback? Well, you know, if you if you look if you think about the games, you know, sometimes we had we've had some, um, you know, some kind of long plays taking a lot of time off the clock, and and pressure can change that pretty quick, and um, a lot of forced third downs, a lot of missed balls thrown on third down, and stuff like that, and I think it takes a little bit of, you know, courage to call some of that stuff sometimes, but, you know, if you have a good feeling about what you're doing, I never had any problem calling it. I mean, I'd do it every play, <laughs> you know, if I thought it was smart, but, um, you know, because I love seeing pressure put on them, and I love seeing the guys really turn it loose, and, uh, you know, I used to always tell them, when you blitz, I just want to see the skin coming off your eyeballs. That's all. <laughs> That's a painting. That's a painting, man. That's a picture. Uh, you're telling them to get going. Coach, uh, go ahead. No, that that's just that's kind of some of the stuff I think that mm-hmm. you know they'll have to do. But I think they're going to have to find positions exactly. I mean, you have some guys that are coming in here 
hit our corners that may be safeties and vice versa. And, you know, when you get them here, it's what you're playing back there where they fit the best. Coach, a couple of minutes here. Uh, Nebraska got a commit yesterday from Sam Sledge, really talented offensive lineman from Creighton Prep. His dad, Bob Sledge, an all-Big 8 performer. Do you remember Bob yeah. at all? Oh, yeah, sure do. <laughs> I mean, you know, you talk about if, if he's anything as tough as his dad was, then that's a start. I mean, he's, you know, that, and, and, and when you see a kid commit like that, I don't care what, where it is, but then commit like that, you know, especially in the state, that means that that's loyalty. That's something that started before he was at Nebraska, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure his dad had a lot to do with it, but I, but I think that, uh, you know, a lot of times you have guys, uh, you know, one last year, one went to Iowa and, and so, you know, he didn't have that kind of loyalty to the state. He just, you know, he went somewhere else. And, you know, that's what I, you know, I, I just kind of look at those things when kids commit. You know, they don't fool around. They're just, you know, they just want to be here. And that's really, really important. And that makes for good leaders. Well, they've done a nice job of corralling three in-state kids for 2023. And there's a couple more. Yep. Out there, uh, one with the last name of Noonan. You might uh, recognize that name. <laughs> yep, I do. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think you know. A lot of times, it's uh, it's why why would you? You know, I lost a, a really good player uh, that I thought up until the last day in Detroit, and he wasn't even interested in Michigan. And all of a sudden, they were giving him a scholarship, so they get out and give him one and sent a bunch of guys down there from Detroit, and he ended up going there. And I I felt like when he said he was going to do that, I felt kind of, you know, I didn't feel like I'd feel if he went to Notre Dame or went to Indiana or Purdue or somewhere else around there. But he was going to his state school. He was going to where maybe he should have gone in the first place if they they did it right, and they didn't. And then he went on to be an All-American linebacker at Michigan, and Right now, I think he's a, <clears throat> he's a, he's the linebacker coach down at the Bucks, down in Tampa Bay. That was a good name. Charlie McBride's with us. Coach, uh, enjoy this week, and we'll talk next week. How's that sound? Okay, if we don't get any snow, it was nice today. <laughs> I thought Didn't it would be. It. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I said I thought it might be. Coach, thanks for the time. Okay, thanks for having me. Talk to you later. Bye now. <laughs> Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Excited to, uh, to talk with our Michigan insider, 
Greg Henson with us at Greg Henson on Twitter. Great column from Greg. GregHenson.com on Jawan Howard. We don't have him. Don't have Greg. We just texted one another. We'll uh, get that figured out, I, I guess. Hmm. That's interesting. In the meantime, want to run the uh, the TV broadcast from yeah, the, let's, uh, the Jawan let's, Howard? Yeah, let's do that. Just right now? Yeah, just fire it up. <laughs> this is what we're going to be talking to Greg about. <laughs> Interesting finish here, 77. Oh, see, and they're going at it. Oh, yeah. Howard and Guard are not happy right now as the two of them continue to have words. We told you Jawan Howard was not happy about that timeout. Yo, and Jawan Howard just threw a right hand. And now we got a scrum. We have a scrum in Madison. Players are pushing and shoving. This is an ugly scene. This is an ugly scene. Oh, my God. Trying to get separated, and there's no doubt it all stems from the timeout by Greg Gard. Now, that's not an excuse for this, but that is what angered Juwan Howard, and it spilled over into this. It spilled over. We're still awaiting word from the Big Ten. We're going to effort our Michigan insider. And listen, I, I'm sorry, but there was a punch thrown. Open palm or not, that's fireable. And it's pettiness on Howard's part to, like, lose it like he did. And for him to to act that way is uh, clearly unacceptable. And I, I don't think he'll lose his job. Fine, yeah. Suspension, yeah. Termination, no. We now bring in our Michigan's insider, Greg Henson at Greg Henson on Twitter, greghenson.com. Greg's column uh, right on the money with with Jawan Howard. Greg, good to talk with you again, brother. Thanks for the time. And I, I just introduced you like three minutes ago. I thought you were on the line. I I, I whiffed at that. But uh, what's your thought here, man? Is, is What do you the, mean unacceptable? What was wrong with that? Everything was perfect. Well, if you're going to like swing, don't first and foremost, doesn't need to be a closed fist. I mean, come on. Right. Oh. John Jawan Howard, I said this uh, today, is 100% wrong in this. Nobody else has any culpability. I don't want to hear about instigating. I don't want to hear about anything, the timeout. None of that matters when a coach swings at another coach. And Jawan Howard, Chris, is not stupid. He's not angry. He was frustrated, and he has a history of being a hothead. And as I said earlier in my column, this, he he is a victim of the I need my respect movement in sports, and you see it all the time. Even teams that are favored to win run around saying no one believed in us. I need my respect. He disrespected me. What Greg Gard did is what nine, nine or ten of us out of ten of us would have done. If somebody was clearly mad at you, you would put up your hands and say, hey, hey talk to me for a minute. Don't, mm-hmm. get, don't run away mad. And that's what he tried to do. Jawan acted like an immature child. So you have covered Michigan for a lot of years. You saw their Fab Five team 
for sure. Uh, you've seen the the ups and downs of Michigan basketball, and Jawan's a, a, a favorite son, man, with those Fab Five teams, and of course replacing Beeline, who had Michigan on the doorstep of a couple of national championships. So, yep. is the job too big for him in this moment? And how have you seen him mature overall? Is this a, a blip or is this par for the course? It, I honestly think it's a blip. I know he's had flare-ups before, but Jawan Howard is a well-rounded individual. Came from a tough background and made it. And I, I don't care how you slice it, Chris. He's successful. He's an achiever. He's smart. He made a big mistake. I mean, obviously, going forward, there has to be zero tolerance. But I wouldn't expect Juan Howard to have done this once, let alone to ever do it again. Um, and and I just I, I wish he would have apologized and said, hey, I made a mistake, because then it's over. But now it drags on because he didn't bother to say, I'm sorry. And you know how that is. People are forgiving. They'll say, okay, guy lost his head. His team was getting their butt kicked. Um, I don't think the job is too big. I think he's got a he, – people forget. He lost two NBA-caliber wings last year um, and, and um, uh, a couple of other good quality players. So to act like he you know, is going to just continue on this year with no bump in the road, I don't think that's realistic. Mm-hmm. You're seeing the same issues with Penny Hardaway at Memphis. Great recruiting class, and they're struggling too. So – Freshmen, you know, freshmen are freshmen. You know that. You've seen a million of them. Greg Henson with us, Michigan Insider, Hale Varsity Radio, at Greg Henson on Twitter. What do you think happens next? I think he'll get suspended for the rest of the Big Ten season. And I think he'll get a stern warning and a fine. He'll issue an apology, and this will blow over. I, I think that... You know, we have a tremendous ability in sports, particularly on social media, to overreact. I think there's the Big Ten's probably sorting it out now. I would have liked to have seen Michigan come out today and say, we don't care what the Big Ten says of the NCAA. We're going to suspend him for the last five games of the regular season. I think it sends a clear message that it can't happen again and, uh, and, and preemptively suspend Juwan. I mean, I don't want to see him suspended, but I think the bigger issue is going to be the players that get suspended, the Abate. Um, and uh, who was the other? Terrence Williams, who was the sixth man. So overall, Chris, this blows over. It always does, but it'll always be a mark on Juwan. Um, you know, and then the next time this happens, what do they do? They'll say, oh, the last time this happened, it was Juwan Howard who actually threw a punch. Mm-hmm. So you know how that goes. You know, all the Bobby Knight clips are out right now of him throwing the chair. And, you know, every, the, it was it uh, Don Ch- who was it, Cheney at Temple. Cheney uh, and Calipari. To, Calipari, right, right. And they wanted to fight. And <laughs> they drag these things out whenever. So the next time it happens, um, you know, it'll it'll get dragged out. And it's always going to be part of who Jawan is. But, I mean, certainly it's fixable and recoverable. And, you know, if he keeps his team together, uh, you know, they'll have a shot to get into the tournament if he can keep them together. But next year they'll be good enough, you know, to make the tournament. Greg, I want to get your take on I – mean, we, we all know the, the, the right hand, the slap, if you will, was, was unacceptable. But did Juwan have a reason to be frustrated with the fact that guard called the timeout late in the game? If you take the, the, the incident afterwards completely out of the question, do you think he had a point? No. He was pressing with starters. Um, now, look. I do believe guards 
who cares if your team turns the ball over? You know, you didn't have to reset the clock. You know, you're up by 14 points or whatever it was. Who cares if you get called for a backward violation? You know, I think it was overall, it was two guys. There was some gamesmanship going on. If Jawan wants to press with starters with 15 seconds to go, then you have to expect that they might call a timeout. And, but again, it goes back to this respect thing. The first thing Jawan said when he approached Greg Gard was, I'll remember that S. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, just let it go, man. You got beat. It's okay. It happens. Your team's not that good. Um, but, you know, he felt disrespected. And then when Gard, the, the whole defense of he put his hand on me is laughably embarrassing mm-hmm. because Gard simply did. Like, if, if, you, if Elijah, if you or Chris were mad at me and you were walking past me, I might grab you by the air and go, hey, man, let's talk about this. Don't, don't go away mad. That, that's what we all do. So Juwan, Juwan knows he was wrong, and he's going to try to cover up, obviously. But I don't know. I, I feel like people like to clutch their pearls uh, in certain instances. And I just, you know, this is sports. It's okay. They're going to get suspended for it, and it can't happen again. Greg Henson's with us. Michigan Insider at Greg Henson on Twitter. We're talking Michigan and Jawan Howard. And, and you're right about the gamesmanship. I mean, Jawan called a timeout with 55 seconds left. There's clips on Twitter of them fist pounding and hugging. And it was last year after Michigan handed a butt kick into to Wisconsin. So these guys have been more than cordial to one another. I think it came down to this. Michigan's teetering now on the bubble. You, you had a great road win at Iowa. You... Uh, you're in at number 11 as an 11 seed versus a play-in right now. And that could have really gave you some breathing room, Greg, uh, ahead of the finish to the season and then the Big Ten tournament. How'd you pulled off a, a monster quad one win on the road? Yeah, but again, you got a team that can't shoot. I don't know if you saw the game. They're not just bad. They're spectacularly bad. They beat Nebraska by 30, so they've looked pretty good, my friend. (laughs) At times they have. You're right. But, I mean, everyone and their brothers beating Nebraska these days. No, I know. It's it's sad. It needs to go away. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, in both sports, actually, which is weird, except, you know, you got a pretty good women's volleyball team. I'll give you that. But, you know, like I always told Schmitty, I remember the days when you guys only cared about football, but now it's women's volleyball, but whatever. No, the, the um, volleyball's always been pretty awesome, to be frank with you. But, yeah, there's been... I love to watch them, to be honest with you. I really enjoy it. There's been a shift because football's been frustrating. Basketball's been what it's been. The Husker women are good in basketball. Mm-hmm. And then you have baseball hopes right now, and they yep. got off to a one-and-three start this weekend. But lots of... Lots of baseball left greg a final thought here uh does michigan end up doing enough to get in do they rebound from this i think so you're gonna they're probably gonna lose diabate and williams for two games i would think that's my guess uh they probably need one more quad one win i think michigan state would be that at home um to get in but there's five to go you know, maybe you you go three and two down the stretch and then grab one or two of the Big Ten tournament games and then you should be okay. Or maybe just one because they're going to be way down the pack. But I think they're going to need three or four wins to get in. Okay. And including one good one like a 
Uh, including one more quad one. I don't think you can do it on just two, can you? I don't think so. I think they, they got to have a, a, an air quote upset or a, kind of a wow win. Greg, awesome to get caught up. Thanks for making time, bud. Appreciate uh, you joining us again. All right, man. Take care. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut preteen Swedish boy. Stuff from Michigan Insider Greg Hansen, Hail Varsity Radio, Monday edition, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Big thanks to Charlie McBride this hour. And then Steve Mark from HailVarsity.com and Magazine. We talked quite a bit of Husker baseball as they'll regroup for TCU and uh, Nebraska winding down their uh, regular season for men's basketball. They're hosting Iowa. I know they're on the road Tuesday night. And Coach Hoiberg has some uh, viral stuff going on, so it's going to be the old line of scrimmage audible system for him, it's, it sounds like. You can uh, join us. Phone's open, 466-377-6800-825-5865. Greg uh, laid out what he expects to happen with Michigan not just do they go dancing or not, but but the Jawan Howard. Maybe I'm too old school, but there was a fight that happened and it was started and it was punches. And and you see it happen on the football field, right? You see some some jabs or some shots with the helmet, which is one thing. The basketball handshake line is completely another. And I just don't agree with the take that, well, let's just get rid of handshake lines. You, uh, I mean, listen, who didn't love the spree, the, the, the drive through version of the good game, good game, good game? And then somebody on your team, if you got beat, at least this is the teams I was on growing up, and granted I didn't play or contribute worth a damn, but someone had always licked their palm if they're shaking hands saying, good game, pre-COVID, good game, good game, good game. There was always that one kid who hated losing that would always cry after a loss. Or, or the one that would go, uh, good game, good game, good game, F you, good yeah, game, good right. game. And then, what did he just say to me? <laughs> go ask your folks <laughs> right so now i mean just childish i think you could here's the deal a's Jawan howard first of all so there's there's some michigan royalty there there's gonna be a little little wiggle room b they don't want to get rid of him they'll fight for him I think of anyone else of lesser stature and standing, they'd probably look at it. 
pretty seriously. But in today's day and age of you say the wrong thing or even do the wrong thing, you're gone, you're done. Juwan Howard, because of who he is and what he's been at that university, is going to get a chance. And listen, I don't know Jawan. I haven't interviewed Jawan. I loved watching him play in the NBA, and I loved watching him play at Michigan, so this isn't personal for me. I'm just saying if it's nameless, faceless, and this happens, uh, who you are and where you're at determines this thing quite a bit. Well, yeah, if, if it's a high school basketball coach here Done. in Nebraska who does it after the game and it's on Twitter, yeah, he's removed from that position before morning. I wish we could go back in the DeLorean and bring a, well, not quite as violent of a Bobby Knight, but bring in a Bobby Knight and drop him in on the Lincoln sidelines like he used to do for Texas Tech with the team that Fred's got. <laughs> I mean, Fred's squad needs some tough love. Quite honestly. They would bleep that whole TV broadcast. It would just be silent. <laughs> they would not, you wouldn't, you would not see what you've been watching mm. is, is my point. Husker football, spring ball. Let's talk offensive line, Elijah. And, you know, I look at Nebraska and the O-line's going to get a ton of attention. Uh, Donnie Raiola in charge and already making uh a, a, a big splash with the sledge offer and commitment. Uh, we touched on that in hour one. But I look at the spring ball setup and the fact that it's going to be a different look, but it's got to be the right look. And, and Coach McBride was on, on the money with the fact that you, you want to be able to, to place guys correctly. That's so much of it. Uh, you're going to have an opportunity for guys who have started before or been backups to be the guy, or or for, at least from a rep standpoint, you'd think really get some great work in because of no Pro Hoska and no Corcoran. So what does that mean? Well, it ne- it means for for Nuri uh, another another spring to keep getting better. He did a really nice job coming in when he when he was inserted into the starting lineup, but now he's also got to go in and impress. While there's a lot of new, maybe not new what you're being asked to do, but new names for a lot of things. I think Ethan Piper is a kid that uh, will get some direction and could challenge for the center spot along with Hickson. I'm anxious to see those guys kind of grow their confidence, work on their skills do the job. And Bryce Benhart, remember running into his folks uh, right before the Oklahoma game at our, at our tailgate. And they were excited, but they were also kind of, kind of nervous or cautiously optimistic because I mean, Benhart bless his heart, just, just had too many mistakes. And it was, it was either mental errors or holdings. And it is a whole different ball game. Nebraska is not wrong in going after Bryce Benhart. Nebraska is not wrong in starting Bryce Benhart, specifically if you look at that size and skill set and who they beat out. You don't get him. He's at Minnesota and he's at Iowa. The only difference is he probably wouldn't have to start at Minnesota or Iowa like he's had to start, or at least he was the best option. He won the job fair and square to start this early in his career. 
So that 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 is that is the 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 task at hand for Coach Riola: build some confidence, get guys better, and then establish that that nasty. And Dave Remington was talking with us last week about just how the O line, specifically the tackles, man, they look the part. They look great in uniform. But you got to go out and do it, and it, it's really refining technique. Because I think that the tackles are, are strong. I think they're talented. I think they're quick enough. The guy I'm interested in, and then I want you to comment on this, because he's played a, a lot of spots. He, he spent time at right tackle. He spent time at right guard. He's played everywhere except center. But Brock Bando's a grizzled vet that is back. He's an IMG kid. He's a Southeast kid really talented and he's not your prototypical six seven tackle that you're seeing all around the big 10 but the, the kid's big enough and he's talented enough to make a dent yeah and i'm excited to see what like a, a different a different role? coaching staff what what eyes they have for him because it always felt like greg austin didn't really know where to put him along the offensive line where's where he going to perform start best? at tackle and then move him to guard and then move him back to tackle and he just kind of seemed like it's a nice role Could to never have settle a, a, a guy that can you can really slot in anywhere it's nice to have along an offensive line but also it's tough on the player to not know where you need to be focusing on for the upcoming season uh, to be able to get better and improve. So I'm excited to see what a, a new pair of eyes uh, will do for Brock Banner to see what a, a different coach sees in him. Well, Lutovsky's the, the the buzz name you're going to hear, a young talent. And uh, is is he going to – he's really good, but is he is he ready? And that's also the task, figuring out who's ready. We'll wind down on Monday next. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. So the... Word is out on Jawan Howard right before the end of a holiday. Five games. That's the number. You have Adam Rittenberg reporting. You have Jeff Goodman confirming. And also Dan Wetzel from Yahoo. But Jawan Howard suspended five games. That's the remainder of the regular season. Hefty fines are expected. After Sunday's altercation, and is that enough? I think if you give him five games and it's a big fine, I mean, it can't be the token, well, you criticize the officials, so it's 10G. Or you got assessed a a flagrant two. Or, I mean, this needs to be probably a six-figure fine. And if it's that big, do you think we could have Jawan Howard fundraising for this by scheduling an MMA fight with Greg Gard after the season? See, that that is the problem is <laughs> that's going to be a, a, a tough sell. 
I'd buy the pay-per-view. I know you would, but Greg Gard, I'm sure, is scrappy and crafty mm. and is, is somebody you don't want to mess with after a couple of Crown and Cokes. That said, Jawan's 6'9 and former pro athlete. Jawan's still in great shape. That's, that is stealing money. If you put that on the pay-per-view circuit. Greg Gard just got, he's got to work on the wrestling. Get a couple single-leg takedowns, a couple double-leg takedowns, hold Jawan down. and You could see, I could see him winning. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Those odds are horrible. Oh, I'm sure Jawan would be the heavy Vegas favorite, but I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd watch it and I'd be thoroughly entertained. I'm if, sure. if it's just the Saturday night MMA Elijah, let me, let me order this thing where it's just inflated gloves and some, some ground attack, sure, uh, it's a no-brainer. It's Jawan. If there's weaponry, mm, we're I, talking like steel chair yeah. or, or a tire iron, then I think, who knows? Well, you, you could you could. The hang. last place I'd throw a punch on the road is Wisconsin. You could, though. You could hang a briefcase full of money above the ring, full of whatever the fine would be, and throw a ladder in there, and then that's, that's the weapon that they get. The ladder? Yeah, the ladder. Juwan's 6'9", dude, and he can still, I'm, I'm sure he still laces him up a little bit and would go to work that way. <laughs> we'll uh, spend some time tomorrow. Rick Kaczynski with us. Some spring football thoughts from Kaz. Mitch Sherman, if there's uh, any more news here on the Nebraska women's basketball situation, we'll no, no doubt uh, get Mitch's take on things. And also some spring football, but uh, we'll, we'll get the latest from Mitch and uh, company. Podcast, real easy to find, and a slew of options for you with Hale Varsity and Herdak. And subscribe to us. Give us a rating, good, bad, ugly. We're all good with the feedback and the uh, critiques. Give us a rating. Tell us what you think. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. For Hale Varsity Radio, the I-80 Preview with Brandon Vogel, Straight Up Breakdown, Greg Smith, Jacob Padilla, a couple of different Hoops podcasts. Um, of course, Aaron Sorensen, her podcast, Chick and Nick, uh, the uh, Nick Baugh podcast. So all of it there with your Hurt at and Hale Varsity family. Talk to you tomorrow at 4. A Hurt at Media Production.